0: You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges Nashville is a church plant in the heart of Music City, meeting at the Listening Room Cafe in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Here's this week's message. Amen. Amen. Well, once again, welcome to Bridges. Guys, y'all give it up for our our scaled down crew today. Give them a hand clap. Listen, I'm telling you. It's Fourth of July weekend. We've got a lot of team members on vacation. They're out and about. And, uh, but you know what? God taught us something, or I know He taught me something and showed me something today. As we were, you guys can be seated. But as we were getting things set up and getting things going, we couldn't get any sound out, right, Cordell? You know the sound. This, you know, we 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 were about to cast the devil out of the sound system in just a few moments, but we couldn't get any sound out. And it's you know it's one of those things. We were all here, but but you know nobody was freaking out. I mean, I believe God allows you to hit those moments where, you know what? He's in full control. Whatever's going to happen is supposed to be. Anybody ever live life like that? Where you don't have to freak out and worry all the time. And uh, But I was so proud of the team. We were all huddled up around. The equipment up here, and then uh, Patrick made a phone call to one of the guys who normally runs it, who's who's out on vacation, and kind of set some things straight, so thank God. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap for sound in the house today. I'm sure our online family appreciates that as well, that you can hear me. As Well, but I'm excited guys. Just as once again, uh, 4th of July weekend. Did anybody go out to any uh, Firework shows we were out at a firework show and I think Nashville hosts one of the largest firework shows, correct? So I'm sure some people would be out in Nashville I think they said they were expecting what over hundred thousand people Did I hear that on the news of coming into Nashville? Uh, for some fireworks and you know, you know, I don't know if your mind is like mine uh, and y- y'all can turn the lights up a little bit so I can see people. That'd be great. <laughs> but uh, if, if your mind's like mine, when I see fireworks go up and pop, I just think, how much money did all that cost just popping, just going, just just gone, you know, for our entertainment? But uh, I'm sure Natural's going to have a wonderful, wonderful fireworks show. But we're going to dive into today's message, guys, as we continue on with our stories of faith, and I don't know if you guys have been uh, dialed into our uh, social media, but we've been posting some stories of faith on there as well. My wife did one. A good, some good friends of ours shared their story as well. I just think it's good to hear what God is doing in other people's lives, amen? Because when you share that testimony and you share that story of what God has done for you, I'm telling you, you never know who you're sharing that with because they could walk away like, well, if God did that for them that he can work this way in my life. Once again, faith cometh by what? Hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And when we begin to speak that testimony and share the goodness of God, I guarantee you it's gonna encourage other people around you. And so we're gonna continue on with stories of faith and gonna share a very familiar story. This is the story of Zacchaeus, but I'm gonna pull out some different stuff That hopefully we can all learn from today as we talk about Zacchaeus. And the title of this message is so funny. It's called Taxes. I mean like taxes. Said no one ever, right? (laughs) It just depends, I guess. I don't know. Taxes, a sinner, and Jesus. Everybody say that with me. Taxes, a sinner, and Jesus. We're gonna learn from these three things today that's gonna hopefully inspire us. To go out and do what God's called us to do. But in Luke chapter 19, we'll be diving in there. Going to share a lot of scripture. And uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about it. But I'll just start by Luke 19 verse 1. It says, as Jesus was passing through Jericho, a man named Zacchaeus. What was his name? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Online. What was his name? Online family? I hear you. Yes. Zacchaeus. One of the most influential Jews in the Roman tax collecting business. Now, he was not just a regular man. It says right here, one of the most influential Jews in the Roman tax collecting business. And of course, a very rich man. Tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short. He was what? Too short short to see over the crowds. Verse four. So he ran ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree beside the road. He's really wanting to see Jesus to watch from there. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Now, I mean, that freak you out. Somebody that you've never had the opportunity to meet, and but you want to see that person, and uh, all of a sudden they see you and call you by name. Now the first thing you're going to do is wonder, well, how do you know my name? Have you ever done that? Like I, I, I do that to people at the at the store sometimes. The clerk, you know, they got their name on their badge. And they forget, because they've worn it so many times, they forget, you know? And uh, a, a mentor taught me how to do this years ago. We kind of have fun with people. But I was with my mentor, and we walked into this gas station, and we were paying. And uh, he said, praise God, Cindy, how you doing today? And she freaked out. She's like, whoa, how, ha how'd you know my name? What do you mean, Cindy? How do I know your name? I just said, praise God. And, uh, okay, did God say t- and finally, he's like, Cindy, your name's on your name badge, you know? So I'll go into stores, and I like to call out people by their name, and it makes them feel good, makes them feel special. But if you've never met somebody famous, all of a sudden they know your name, how many of you know you're going to feel a little, wow, they know my name? Or if it's Jesus, you're going to wonder, okay, if he knows my name, how, many, how much bad stuff does he know about me? Come on. Now, you know, he knows my name. That's easy. So he probably knows what I did last night, the night before that. And so Zacchaeus has this experience. He called him by name, Zacchaeus. He said, quick, come down, for I am going to be a guest in your home today. Now, he's inviting himself. Now, if I get real comfortable with you, I will invite myself over to your house. That's just how I am. My wife will testify to that, you know. And she said, you can't just invite yourself, but when I get to know you, and if I once I get into your house, then I'll invite myself to your refrigerator. <laughs> I, I just figure if I'm in your house, then I've got I got refrigerator rights, you know. And if we're hanging out at the house, you know, and and my wife just I mean she sees me do this all the time. I probably embarrass her. If we're at a party at somebody's house, and you know I've 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 fellowship long enough. I will find the empty bedroom and go take a nap. I just do because I I feel like I'm at home. Okay. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to be a guest at your home today. Now, the New King James Version says it this way. Zacchaeus made haste. He said, make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house. Everybody say that with me. I must stay at your house. Now, that sounds a little bit different than, hey, I'm going to be a guest at your house. Or, hey, can I come hang out with you? Now, Jesus is very intentional here. He said, I must stay. There's a a need. There's something compelling me. Like, I can't miss this moment, Zacchaeus. I must stay with you today. I must stay at your house. Verse 6, Zacchaeus hurriedly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Great excitement and joy. This is the man he wanted to see, probably heard about Jesus, all that Jesus was doing. And he's like, I got to see this guy. He didn't think he was going to get to meet him, but he said, at least I can see him. And now all of a sudden he's taking Jesus to his house because Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I must be a guest at your house. This is not Jesus saying, hey, can I come hang out with hang out with you. I'm tired. Can I just come have a moment just to, to get into some air condition and, and chill a little bit? Can I come just rest a little bit? No. He said, I must stay at your house. And the reason why I'm going overboard with that, I'm going to wrap it all up. But I believe Jesus is setting an example for all of us today. He said, I, Zacchaeus, I must stay with you. I must stay with you. Now, what do we know about Zacchaeus? Uh, we know he's short, right? Okay. That's, that's what we know. Now, nobody in this room has ever met Zacchaeus. When we get to heaven, we'll meet him, and we can kind of get to know him. But for, for, for right now, we can only go by what the Bible tells us. What do we know about him? He was short. What else do we know about him? What, what else did he do? He's a tax collector. He's rich. He's a tax collector. He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus. Yeah, he did. He wanted to see Jesus. So... I believe this, I believe he could have been bullied in childhood, right? If he's short, he could have been bullied, could have been picked on, could have always felt like he had to, had to go overboard to, to prove himself. Uh, we know he, he was a tax collector, so, so was he a very, do you think majority of people liked him or hated him? Hated him. So he's got that chip on his shoulder, Okay. But he had a job that empowered him to use power over maybe those that hated him. or maybe Now, wouldn't you? Now, here's the thing. Because we're all Christians here, we would never do this to people. But have you ever had somebody wrong you, then God bless you, and then you could rub it in their face? Yeah. Well, you thought about it maybe, but you, you got too much of God character on the inside of you to do that. But Zacchaeus probably came in touch with all those, those kids from his childhood that, that gave him a hard time. And now it's like, okay, now y'all owe me something. Taxes. Probably had a little distrust with people, suspicious of people. Now, we know he wasn't expecting company that day, at least not Jesus. But Sarah, you called it out. It's in my notes here. But there's something that's still left a void. He was a rich man, influential man, full of power, but there was something that still left a void because he wanted to see Jesus. Went out of his way to climb up in a tree to see Jesus. Now, going back to the scripture, verse seven, but the crowds were displeased. This is after Jesus said, come down, I must stay at your house today. Zacchaeus came down, took Jesus to his house, now, verse 7, but the crowds were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. They didn't just call him a sinner. They called him a notorious sinner. Now, this is the crowd that's out there. Now, we, we kind of formulated thoughts about Zacchaeus, but now what do we know about the crowd that was out there? Now, this is where it's really going to get good here. This is a, a crowd of people. Now, uh, we know they were there to see Jesus too. We know that they could have been followers of Jesus throughout this whole time. And, and maybe they were just, just you know, uh, the, those that were following Jesus. They uh, saw all of Jesus' works. Uh, they praised him for all the great works he had done. This was the crowd that complained, he's going to be a guest of a notorious sinner. These were, these were godly folk. These were Christian folk. These were people that were professing to follow Jesus. This was, this was the crowd of people that now they're talking about Jesus. Who does he think he is? He's going to be the guest of a notorious sinner. What else do we know about the crowd? Well, they probably lacked compassion for the lost. Probably had no compassion. They had no plan of action to reach the lost. They'd separated themselves from the lost. And they were very judgmental. I do mean, know, sometimes we got to check ourselves because our flesh can get in the way and we can start judging other people and we can forget the mission that Jesus is on. Here Jesus taking a huge risk knowing what people are going to think about him, knowing what the crowd is going to say. But he still walked up. And looked up at this man, full aware that everybody is thinking this is a notorious sinner. And he said, Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today. I must stay at your house today. And the crowd is representing everything but Jesus right now. They're judging. Not only Zacchaeus, but now they're judging Jesus. I mean, that's probably not a thing we want to do. Amen? Now... You'd be judging other people. That's still wrong. But when you start judging Jesus, you got some deep issues going on. They lack compassion. Mahatma Gandhi, I love this quote by Mahatma Gandhi. He said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. That's a powerful statement. That a man who studied many religions in depth, said this about christianity i'm gonna read it one more time mahatma gandhi said i like your christ i do not like your christians your christians are so unlike your christ this was the crowd that was judging he's going to stay at this notorious sinner's house and here we are to see him and hang out with him we came to see jesus but jesus had a plan of action he wasn't standing on the sidelines judging. Now, while all this is going on, catch back up in verse 8. It says, meanwhile, meaning there's a time frame. I believe the crowd stood outside and kept complaining. The moment Jesus walked into the house, I wonder what they're doing there. Man, they've been in there for a half an hour. What's going on in there? Is he transforming Jesus? Is Jesus going to come out of sinner? This crowd is judging Now, while they're judging, verse 8, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, Sir, from now on, I will give half my wealth to the poor. And if I find I have overcharged anyone on his taxes, I will penalize myself by giving him back four times as much. Now, the Bible doesn't give a lot of depth. As far as what happened but if you're like me you're thinking what in the world happened while Jesus was in the house what conversations took place while Jesus was in the house with a notorious sinner what was going on that would cause Zacchaeus the Bible says meanwhile the crowds outside judging let me set the scene they're finding fault they're criticizing Jesus They've already counted Zacchaeus out. He's a notorious sinner, thinking Jesus has no business in the house with this sinner. No business hanging out with him. But meanwhile, there's a conversation that's taken place. And the Bible doesn't really say what happened in that, but it gives us the liberty to wonder, Dave, what did he say to Zacchaeus? What was going on in the midst of that? I believe with all my heart because Jesus is so filled with love and compassion. He's setting an example for all of us today. As he's sitting in the house with Zacchaeus, this is where we can use our imagination. But what happened? What happened? Maybe Jesus walked in and said, you know, Zacchaeus, I know everybody out there, they're thinking you're a bad guy. But you know what? There's still some good on the inside of you. God created you. God loves you, Zacchaeus. I believe Jesus, because the Bible says he's a wonderful counselor. I believe this was an opportunity for Zacchaeus to say, Jesus, this, this is what's happened in my life. I believe Zacchaeus may have sat back and you know what? Took Jesus on a journey Although Jesus already knew it, but how do you know it does good when you begin to talk to God about what's going on on the inside of you? Maybe Jesus was that counselor and Zacchaeus had an opportunity to talk to somebody who was not going to judge him. Have you ever ever wanted to talk to somebody but you knew, okay, that's the wrong person. That's the wrong person. Because if I tell you what's really going on, you're not going to help me, you're going to hurt me. You're going to judge me. And there are some people we know we can't be full-blown honest with. Amen? That's not that we're hypocritical, but that's that. No, if I tell you what's really going on, you're going to go out and tell somebody else. You're not going to pray for me. Or worse than that, you're going to call up 20 people and put my issue on a prayer chain somewhere. Come on now. We can't do that kind of stuff. Because here's the truth, can I be honest? At the end of the day, we all have stuff in our life and our past that we don't want anybody to find out but Jesus. Not that we're ashamed of it because some people can't handle stuff that you've gone through. But Zacchaeus is sitting with Jesus and probably for the first time has an opportunity to be vulnerable. Maybe he's telling Jesus, Jesus, what, what can I do? I know a lot of people hate me. They're, they're mad at me. Here's some issues that I'm going on, that, that, that I have going on. Here's some anger issues. Can you, can you help me with these anger issues that have been with me since my childhood? I mean, no, anger is a big deal. Anger can keep you back. The other day, I don't know, I don't know if I shared this. Maybe I shared it on a video or whatever, but uh, last weekend... Uh, my son had his final baseball tournament, and we were out at, in Hendersonville for three days, and I took one of our, our parking signs, and I flipped it on the back, and I wrote on there, need prayer with a question mark, and I lugged that thing around. It was 100 degrees outside of that baseball <laughs> tournament, but I lugged it around, and I set it right next to my seat for three days, and nobody came up. First day, nobody came up, but I took it. Second day, nobody came up, but I took it. Third day, I had a question in my mind. Should I take it? I mean, you no. Know, by then, you're like questioning. Okay, God, do I really take this thing back out, you know? And yeah, so I took it back out third day. There it was. And I put it behind my chair. I'm watching the game. And I stood up and turned around. And there was a guy standing there. He said, is this where you get prayer? <laughs> I mean, no, I was fired up then. <laughs> I was fired up. I'm like, yes, it is, you know? and 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 he said, "Well, good. He goes, I saw the sign." And he said, "I could really use some prayer for my anger issue." This was a young man. He said, "I've been dealing with so much anger." He said, "I battle with it all the time." He said, "I just I need God's help with this anger that's going on on the inside of me." And right there in front of God and all these baseball fans and players, I turned around and grabbed hands and we prayed. For God to help him with that anger that's going on on the inside. We prayed with it. I gave him some practical things to do as well. But he walked away. Before he walked away, he said, said, I'm so glad. He said, because even when I got here, he said, when I pulled up on the parking lot, anger was on the inside of me. And he said, when I saw that sign, he said, I knew why I was here today. I knew why I was here today. And God took me back to that. And I believe there are some things that God's calling us to do. And Jesus has set an example. He said, I must go to your house today. It's not a leisure moment, but I believe God's calling us to do some things to where we're going to have to make ourselves, come on, follow through and do that. Not for our benefit, but for the benefit of somebody else. Jesus said, I must go to your house today. And in there, you know how I many you know the devil always messes with you, like, oh, people, you're embarrassing people. I mean, you're not embarrassing people with a sign that says need prayer. But the devil will convince you. Hello? Are you there to watch baseball? But the devil will convince you that what you're doing is causing a scene. The devil will convince you, or oh, people are gonna talk about you. You know what? They talked about Jesus. They stood outside the house of Zacchaeus and they're talking about Jesus. But all the while, he's having a different conversation on the inside of the house. So much that Zacchaeus stood up. And the Bible doesn't say that Jesus gave an altar call, doesn't say that he led him in a sinner's prayer. But we know somewhere in their conversation, Jesus had to show him the love of God. He didn't feel judged. He felt the embrace of God. And somewhere in that conversation, I believe with all my heart, all the shame, the guilt, the anger. I mean, you don't cheat people out of money and go home and sleep with a clear conscience. You just can't do that. And somewhere I believe his conscience was stirred and, and all of a sudden he's like, Jesus, I'm dealing with so much. And we know he cheated people because he said, if I've cheated anybody, I'm going to pay him back. So that's, that's how he's getting rid of that. He's like, you know what, Jesus, you, you, you brought some stuff to my attention and you didn't make me feel bad about it. You didn't make me feel guilty about it. You didn't condemn me. And in the midst of that, I believe Jesus showed him the true love of God that caused an inward transformation on the inside of him. Going to verse nine, Jesus goes on, Says Jesus told him, This shows, after, well, let me go back up to verse 8 in case we forgot. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, Sir, from now on, I will give half my wealth to the poor. That is a big step right there. He didn't say, I will, I will uh, give a little bit when I've got time. He didn't say, when, when I've got a little extra, I'll see if I can bless somebody. I will give half my wealth. From now on, there's something that that transformed his life to where he wanted to help people. And I believe when you hang out with Jesus enough, you're going to walk away wanting to help people. You're going to walk away wanting to help the poor, the needy, those that are hurting. You're going to walk away wanting to help those that are oppressed. You're going to walk away wanting to help those that need healing. In that moment, he said, from now on. And when he said from now on, I believe he was making a statement like, my life has changed. From now on, I'm going to do things differently. From now on, I will give half my wealth to the poor. That's one statement. And if I find I have overcharged anyone on his taxes, I will penalize myself, meaning I will call out my own sin. Uh Uh-oh. This is what he's saying. I will call out my own wrongdoing. I'm not going to let myself get away with something that I know is wrong. And I said, now I can stop and preach all day right there. Because how many guys have ever done something, you know it was outside of the word of God, but you you made sense of it somehow. So that you could ease your conscience and move on forward. He said, I will penalize myself. I will call myself out when I'm doing wrong. By giving him back four times as much. When I've, when I've overtaxed somebody, I'm going to call it out on me. I'm going to get in the mirror and say, Zacchaeus, what you're doing gets wrong. You're better than that. And I'm going to go back to the person that I've, that I've overcharged and pay him back four times as much. Something happened in that conversation that changed his life. Going to verse 9. I'm getting ready to wrap it up here in just a few moments. Verse 9. Jesus told him, this shows that salvation has come this home today wait a minute he didn't say a sinner's prayer he didn't he didn't he didn't have an altar call but Jesus said because the life changed something changed on the inside of Zacchaeus and Jesus said this shows that salvation has come to this home today now then he moved he says this man now he's not talking to Zacchaeus in this moment I believe he's talking to the crowd of people that have stood around judging him for being in a sinner's home, for judging Zacchaeus. He says, This man was one of the lost sons of Abraham, and I, the Messiah, have come to search for and to save such souls as his. I believe in this moment, Jesus ended this moment with an example for the crowd of people that stood by judging his very actions, that stood by judging this man, Zacchaeus, calling him a notorious sinner. Jesus is showing him, because Jesus could have just hung out with the crowd. Don, he could have picked anybody in that crowd said, I need to go home with you today, but he found the man that was a sinner. And I must, Zacchaeus come down, I must stay at your house today. Jesus was on assignment to save not just a soul, but a household. To change a life, I must stay with you today. What is Jesus saying? I'm gonna do this regardless. I know people are gonna talk about me. I know people are gonna judge me, they're gonna judge Zacchaeus, but this assignment is too big. For me to let the opinions of people, or the gossip, or the complaining, or the judgmental uh, uh, words that are spoken, I can't let that stop me. Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today. I must stay at your house today. I mean, you know, the only thing that's going to change people is the love of God. Not your opinions. Not your judgmental thoughts. Not your condemnation. I mean, you know, that's never going to change anybody. If anybody had the right to go in and condemn, it was Jesus. Jesus Jesus could have walked in and picked out every wrong thing that was going on in Zacchaeus. He could have walked in and said, Zacchaeus, I don't even know why I'm here today. You're the worst. They're calling you a notorious sinner. I shouldn't even be in your house today. No, he did not lead with that conversation. But he walked in, I believe, with just the love of God. And the love of God changes people. When you can embrace people in the midst... not after they get their act together but before they get their act together how I mean, you know it's easy to love people that love you but you try to turn around loving somebody that hates you that talks about you every day at work that 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 uh, criticizes you come on that's a hard person to love and we it's impossible to love them with our love that's why we must take the love of god into those situations As Jesus did and showed us that example of loving people loving people you know you look at what's going on in our world today there's a lot of broken people that need the love of God there's a lot of people that that are that are doing things that you may not even understand there's a lot of people that are that are having a lifestyle that you you may not agree with or may not even understand it but what if God taps you on the shoulder one day and said you need to go hang out with that person. What are you going to do? Well, Lord, you know their lifestyle. You know people. Did he ask you that? Did he talk to you about that? No. What if, he, what if he at work, you're just minding your own business and somebody comes in and, and you guys are living two different lifestyles. And your flesh would have a tendency to maybe judge your lifestyle. Can I just be real and honest? But God taps you on the shoulder and says, You need to take that person out. You need to take that person out to lunch today. You know what the first thing is going to happen? You're going to size up the situation. That's what you, God, I'm a Christian. You know, people, you know, people know me in this work arena. They know I'm a Christian. But if they see me hanging out with that person, what are they going to think? And if you go down that rapid trail, you will talk yourself out of doing what God's told you to do. Jesus says, I must stay at your house today. Jesus has set an example. What did he say? He said, I came to set at liberty those that are bound. And, 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 and if the only way we're going to step into that is by being obedient to the call that God has on our life when it comes to everyday living, when it comes to reaching the lost. One of our one of our members here is uh, went out the other day, and, and this this just really. I'm gonna close with this. I always say closing, so just did I say closing once already? I've closed once. Got I've got two more. <laughs> I got two more. So when a couple of weeks ago there was a um, oh, the, the pride parade, I believe here in Nashville. And one of our members here, he, he texted me this picture because we were doing our what? Our be a bridge. I remember that be a bridge. And he texted me the picture and uh, he said, you know, pastor, he said, and it was a picture of him standing with somebody with a different lifestyle. And he said, you know, he said, I went to this one church and he said, I walked out because the pastor was preaching that if we're, if we're Christians, we shouldn't be hanging out with sinners. And he said, I walked out of that. He goes, he goes, I never will forget that. He goes, but when I heard you guys talk about being a bridge, he said, be a bridge. He said, I figured I could go and be a bridge with somebody and just extend the love of God. And he sent me a picture and he put in there, I'm being a bridge. I mean, that's what it's all about. He got over the fact of well, people gonna judge me if they see me out here. He wasn't out there being transformed into a different lifestyle. He was out there being a bridge, showing somebody just the love of God. Why? Because hate's not going to change anybody. Being judgmental is not going to change anybody. Criticizing is not going to change anybody. But if we can be a bridge and be led by God, oh, I must go hang out with that person today. It's not an option. I've got to be that bridge to show the love of God to somebody. You do your part, how many know God will do his part? God will do his part if you do yours. So once again, in that moment, Jesus taught us all this example for us to follow. And as I get ready to close for the third time. I wonder how many of us will walk out of here. or Maybe you'll log offline and... Miss that little tapping on your shoulder. Listen, this is is where I believe we're in the day, guys, where God needs his people to really step up and to show the love of Christ to others. Whatever that assignment may look like, let's be bold and do what God's called us to do. As Jesus was bold, crowded with people wanting to see him, and this same crowd judged him and judged Zacchaeus. Let's not be that crowd, amen? Let's be that Jesus. To say, I must go, I must. I must do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna push through the, 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 the mental block. My, my physical trainer is here. I'm gonna get my mind right, Ambrose. I gotta get my mind right. I mean, you know, sometimes when God calls you to do something, you gotta get your mind right and get it prepared because you know all the, all the, the havoc you're gonna uh, wreak from that of people talking about you, but you know what? Get your mind right, get it set right, and do what God's called you to do. In closing, when I think about Zacchaeus, uh, Zacchaeus, the Hebrew meaning—listen, you guys are gonna like this one here—the the Hebrew meaning is pure and innocent. Everybody say pure, pure and innocent. And when you think of pure and innocent, what do you think about? A little baby, right? Pure and innocent. So, the 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 the. The Hebrew meaning in, in childlike was pure and innocent. So when you think about his life, now people perceived him not as pure and innocent, but a notorious sinner. So somewhere on this journey, many I mean, you know, we all started out pure and innocent, right? We all started out that little baby that couldn't do no wrong. I have that trouble with my kids sometimes, you know. Uh, my son crossed over that line a long time ago and you know I'm, I'm fathering him my, it, t- it took me a little bit longer to cross that with my daughter now I'm there with her now because my wife is like oh she she got you wrapped around her little finger now I know like I know look, look at her she just rolled her eyes at me right now <laughs> but they all started out pure and innocent and somewhere down the line we've all been there we started out pure innocent and then through life come on Things begin to affect us. Choices, decisions, actions. The other meaning for the word Zacchaeus, you're going to love this one. It means this. The Lord recalled. The Lord recalled. Have you ever got a phone call or email? Maybe about a vehicle or something you bought? Uh, They found some issues in it, and they recalled your vehicle so that they could fix the issue so that you wouldn't be a danger to yourself or anybody else on the road. Think about that. This is an amazing story of redemption. Zacchaeus means pure and innocent as a child name, but now it's meaning the Lord recalled. When Jesus stood and said, I must stay at your house. What's he doing? I'm recalling you. There's some stuff on the inside of you that we need to have a conversation about. We got to talk about it. We got to fix these issues so that we can get you back to that state that you need to be in so that you're not going to be a danger to yourself or anybody else around you. The Lord recalled him. And I believe even to this day, when he said, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must stay at your house. I believe God is still recalling each and every one of us. Come on. We know when we get outside of the word of God and when we make a wrong step and thank God for his goodness, his mercy, and his grace, not to judge us, but to recall us. Say, hey, come on back here. We got to talk about, talk about your attitude, your actions, what's going on. And God does it from a non-judgmental point of view but he's recalling us. And not only is he recalling us, he's recalling the people that that you would look at today and that we would that the flesh on the inside of us wants us to judge that person, but look at them through the eyes of Jesus. That person in an infant stage, pure and innocent. Somewhere down the line some issues begin to to take place, but but God is still recalling that person is recalling that person and if we're not going to be a bridge we're going to miss out on beautiful transformation that's going to happen in the lives of people amen this help anybody today come on come on give jesus a hand clap it helped me today the lord recalled the lord recalled I wonder how many of us today, as we get ready to close for the third, fourth time here, I'm going to ask everybody to stand up with me. But as we get ready to close, I want you to think about that. Is there, what, what areas in my life that maybe God could be recalling, saying, hey, let's, let's get together, let's, let's, let's visit on this, let's talk about this, let's, let's go over this together. Not to judge us, but to help us, to resolve the issues that are going on. You know, a lot of times in in, in the natural, when you get that phone call that your vehicle's been recalled, and how many of you ever have that happen, and it's been a big inconvenience for you? You think, oh, man, I got to stop, I got to go take it in, I got to do this, but it's for your good and for your safety, and not just for your safety, but for the safety of others around you. On the road and in that moment I believe that's why Jesus made such a statement he could have waited till Zacchaeus came out of the tree he could have told one of his disciples hey y'all circle back around and y'all saw that little short man in the tree with the red shirt go tell him hey can we stay at your house today no he made a huge statement for us to follow but he knew that Zacchaeus needed some recalling. Amen? He knew he needed recalling. So if you're here today, maybe you're watching online as well, as we close out this service, just in a time of prayer, and we're going to receive communion together, uh, just as a family, as as those that want to partake in it, uh, we'll receive communion. But I just want us all to just search our hearts today, whether you're here in Nashville or... Somewhere around the world online, just search your hearts today as we uh, get ready to pray and just ask God to show you if there's anything in my heart, God, anything in my life that, that needs a recall, an issue resolved, something needs to be fixed. Then here I am, God, do what you need to do in me, and I believe when we go to God in that posture and we go to God in that request that he will come stay at our house and he'll fix some things that have gone wrong but let's just go into a time of prayer father in Jesus name I thank you Lord God for just being with us today Lord God and reminding all of us of your goodness your mercy your grace and how intentional you are by giving us this prime example Lord God is Jesus walking Into the house of a sinner, being judged by those that followed him, but still on assignment that salvation could come to the house of a sinner. May we all have that tenacity. May we all have that desire to be a bridge to show the love of God to those that need to be shown the love of God. But Father, right now I ask that you deal with us as your people, Lord God, as as some of us have been a part of that crowd that we talked about today. But I thank you, God, that you're calling us out of that crowd and into the example of Jesus. Jesus. Do what you need to do in our hearts, God. Stir us all as your people to follow you, to be on assignment every day of our lives to reach the hurting, the lost, the bruised, the broken. Use us, God, to show your love to others. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Now you may be here today or watching online and maybe you realize that you need to be recalled and maybe there are some things that you've done that you've stepped away from your relationship with God. You've drifted away, but today you know God's recalling you back to him. He's recalling you back to a relationship with him. Not through judgment, but by his grace. We thank you, Father. that's you today, I just want everybody, just place your hands over your heart here in Nashville if you're watching online. Just say this prayer with me as, as I believe God's calling us to step away from that crowd and to be his person on assignment. Say this with me. Dear God, I stand before you today asking you to fix anything in me that's out of alignment. I open up my heart, I open up my life, and I ask for your presence to come in to renew me, to renew my relationship with you, to draw me close to you, God, that I can follow Jesus and his example to reach those that are hurting. We thank you for this, oh God. We thank you that we will walk in love and not hate. We will see through the eyes of Jesus and not through the eyes of judgment. Use us, oh God. Use me, oh God to be a bridge, to take your love into the places and the people you tell me to. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Come on, if you love him, give him a round of applause. Come on, somebody bless him. Ooh, man, I'm telling you guys, I encourage you as well somewhere this week, read that story and, and ask God, God, show me, even beyond what Pastor has talked about, but show me my part in that story. Because when you go to him in all honesty, there's times where we've been the crowd and there's times where we've been Jesus. Amen? But Zacchaeus taught us in a huge example too. He said, Lord, I've I know i am changed so much that I'm going to review my own life. And if I've wronged anybody, I'm going I'm to penalize myself. I'm going to hold myself accountable to doing what is right. Let us follow his example. Too. See, I can go on and on, but there's so much depth in that story. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for that. Amen. I know the worship team is ready to worship. But we're going to enter into a time of communion, guys. If that's okay, you know one of the things we want to begin to do um, is hold communion uh, first Sundays, to where we can be intentional about it and 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 spend just a little time talking about it. But if, if you want to partake communion, there's uh, communion supplies back there on the back counter, and uh, if somebody wants to grab, there's a bag too. Uh, Ambrose, if you grab that bag back there, up. And if anybody needs it, just raise your hand. We'll come by and and give you some communion. There's some down here, Ambrose, if you can bring that over. And you don't have to, but if you want to partake in it, you can. Uh, But this is where Jesus just reminds all of us of what he's done for us, the price that he paid for us. And he told us disciples, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me, to remember me, because life has a way of making us forget the goodness of God and what God has done, but as often as you do it, meaning you don't just have to do it in church, you can do it at your house, at your home, you can do it on your lunch break with a co-worker. Because we're remembering him. In Luke chapter 22, verse 19, it says, and he took the bread. And I'll give you guys a chance to open that little package there. You know, communion supplies have come a long way, you know. This is very convenient. It's all there for you. But it still remains so powerful because we're remembering the goodness of God. And he took the bread and gave thanks and he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Reminding all of us that his body was bruised and broken and suffered so that you and I could walk in the freedom and liberty that he's provided today. So God, we do remember this day that you so loved us that you gave your only son to die on a cross for us. To suffer so that we wouldn't have to. We thank you for this as we partake of the bread. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. I like to say it this way, you know, back in biblical times, the shedding of blood was when they cut covenant, it was almost sealing the deal, the promise. This is, this is what, what validates this promise. And as Jesus poured out his blood for you and I, I believe with all my heart, it, it, it sealed our salvation. It sealed his blessing. It sealed his protection over us. As You know, back old school, and I grew up in the Kojic church. We used to sing songs like, Satan, the blood of Jesus, come on, is against you. There's power in the blood. seals the deal for you and I today to walk in that covenant agreement with God. The promise, as we sang about it earlier, the promise that we have from God. Jesus, we thank you for pouring out your blood. for sealing the promise so that we could have life today. And today we partake of the cup. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for your presence here with us. As we do remember your goodness, your mercy, your grace, O God, thank you. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To find out more about us and who we are, check out our website at bridgesnashville.com or find us on social media at Bridges Nashville.